Chapter Three of the Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Debbie R. Baker Robinson. The Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods by Herbert Carter. The Maker of Fires. How about that, Jim? Must we turn around and go back? just because this feller that thinks he owns the whole north of maine says so asked giraffe who was really a fearless sort of lad and could not bear to be ordered around by a bully jim was looking a little peaked nor could tad blame him after hearing what a terror this caleb martin had been in the community for years and how even the officers of the law had never as yet dared arrest him even though there were rewards out for each one of the three men "'Naw, we don't turn back if I knows it,' said Jim doggedly. "'Bully for you, Jim,' exclaimed Step Hen eagerly. "'There's eight of us, all told, in the party, "'and I think for my part that it's a pretty how-do-you-do now "'if we can't stand up for our rights against just three cowards. "'I call them that because all bullies are when you come right down to it. "'My father says so, and I've seen it among the boys in school.' "'Yes, Jim,' remarked Bumpus with a grand air, though he immediately made a grimace as a quick movement gave his sore shoulder a wrench. We're going to stand by you, through thick and thin, ain't we, fellers? Eight guns in the crowd, remarked Davy Jones with an air of confidence. Sure, we ought to hold the fort and then some if deadly weapons count for anything up here, and I'm told they do. Perhaps, instead of pinning your ears to a tree, Jim, this same Mr. Kale will consent to walk back with us and give himself up to a game warden of the great and glorious state of Maine. We mustn't forget that we're all sworn-in officers of the said state and bound to assist any game warden who is trying to do his duty and earn his salary. Presently, the other guide said goodbye and, turning his canoe downstream, shot away with the current, while the scouts headed up further toward the wilderness that lay around the country of the Eagle Chain of Lakes, close to the northern border of the state. They landed presently to have a bite at noon. Tad took advantage of the opportunity to look at Bumpus's shoulder, as he anticipated, he found that there was quite an ugly black and blue bruise there, which would cause the boy considerable pain for several days, though he declared that nothing was going to keep him from practicing with his new gun, which seemed like a toy in the hands of a child. I'm sure you could not have held the butt close against your shoulder when you fired, Tad ventured as his opinion. That's just what, admitted the other with a sigh. No better next time, though, Tad, and thank you for making it feel easier but I wish I'd got that bear. How fine it would be to eat steak from a big bear I'd killed with the first shot from my new gun. Make that plural, Bumpus, for you fired both barrels, remember, laughed Tad. They were soon on the move again and pushing steadily up against the current of the little Machias. An hour or two passed. The air was not nipping cold at this time of the day, but as the season was now considerably advanced, they expected to meet with considerable frost and even some ice before coming back once more to the home town. Lest the reader who has not made the acquaintance of the Boy Scouts in the previous volume should think it strange that these six lads were able to be away from their school duties for such a length of time at this season of the year, it may be best to enter a little explanation right here. An unfortunate epidemic of contagious sickness had broken out in Cranford, and as a number of the scholars of the school were affected, the trustees had reluctantly decided that the session between early fall and New Year's must be abandoned. 
if all were well at the later date after the usual holidays school would be resumed but the health of the community demanded that the boys and girls be separated for the time being just then tad's guardian a genial old man who was known far and wide as daddy brewster found that he had an urgent need of communicating with a gentleman by the name of carson who had recently gone up into maine on his annual moose hunt in the big game country as he might not come out before january and the necessity of giving him certain documents was great tad had been asked to make the trip they had long been counting on a chance to visit the home country of their maine fellow scout alan hollister and most of the scouts eagerly seized on this opportunity to carry out the project though two of the patrol were unable to be along and so they were now in a condition to thoroughly enjoy the outing since tad had carried out his mission and given the papers into the keeping of mr carson receiving a message in return which he had wired to the old gentleman when in touch with the telegraph station tad himself had believed that there was not the slightest cloud along the horizon and now that this kale martin business had cropped up he began to realize that after all it might not be such clear sailing as they had figured on still tad was not the one to borrow trouble though ready to grapple with it in any shape or manner once it found them out they camped early on that night because all of them were a little tired and the location on the shore looked especially fine hey look what giraffe's going to do exclaimed bumpus after they had carried part of their things ashore and were busily engaged in putting up the two big tents supplied by jim hasty from his camp stores such as all maine guides delight to possess why ain't it a part of my business to start the fire every time demanded the party in question who was on his knees didn't tad promise me that job if i'd keep on being careful about starting fires every which way i ain't had a blessed match on my person since i gave that promise have i tad and what's wrong about my getting the blaze in my own way tell me that bumpus but we want supper and we don't mean to sit around here an hour or two just watching you tinker with that silly old bow and stick twirling away like you had to saw through to china how about that tad and bumpus turned appealingly toward the patrol leader well knowing that whatever he said would go bumpus is right giraffe the other said kindly but firmly you're welcome to spend all the time you want with that contraption after you've started our cooking fire but it wouldn't be fair to hold up the whole bunch just to please yourself your own good sense tells you that giraffe giraffe of course had to appear to be convinced just when i had a new scheme in my head too that i just know would have made the fire come he grumbled as he hung the little bow on a twig of a tree nearby and produced flint and steel and a little bag in which he kept tinder in the shape of tiny shavings which he was always preparing at odd moments and before i get another chance to try it i'll have forgotten the combination sure but that's always the way it goes though don't you dare think bumpus hawtree that i'm going to give up so easy i'll fight it out this way if it takes all winter being an adept with flint and steel giraffe quickly had his fire started and that's the way it'll be after i've just got that one little snag past he took occasion to remark for the benefit of the fat scout who was hovering nearby everything's easy as tumbling off a log once you know how perhaps you remember what a time you had learning to ride a bike and yet now you can cut around corners and even stand on the saddle while she's going well you wait and see my smoke <laughs> that's all i ever will see i'm afraid chuckled bumpus 
but presently giraffe managed to drift into a more amiable humor that was when the coffee-pot was bubbling on the fire sending out its cheery aroma and the last of the eggs they had managed to buy from a potato grower on the bank of the aroostook were sizzling in the two large frying pans most boys possess hearty appetites and giraffe was no exception to the rule indeed like most lean fellows he had an enormous stowage capacity somewhere about him and could dispose of more food on occasion than any two of his mates bumpus always declared he had hollow legs and used them for receptacles when other places were filled to overflowing but not one of the scouts could remember the time when giraffe complained of having eaten too much like the crowded street car there was always room for more wish we'd struck this section of country an hour or two before dark bumpus ventured to remark complacently as he sat there with his fat legs doubled under him tailor fashion and munching at the crackers and cheese he had made a sandwich out of for why asked giraffe looking up oh a feller might have just taken a little turn around here and knocked over a deer or something of the sort bumpus replied with the utmost assurance in the world just as though such a thing were of common occurrence in his life looks right gamey around here how's that tad oh jim hasty told us that much declared step hen before the scoutmaster could find a chance to say anything didn't you hear him tell how every season there's been a moose or two killed within ten miles of where we've got our camp right now but we can't hold up yet to do any hunting so you'll just have to put a crimp in that sporting spirit you've developed so suddenly bumpus listen to him talk would you exclaimed giraffe and only a little while back you couldn't get bumpus to even touch a gun say you're a marble all right bumpus they'll have you set up as the eighth wonder of the world soon ahead of the telephone wireless moving pictures and even the talking machine edison and all the rest of those old wizards had better take a back seat when you come around joking and chatting they made the time pass very happily if jim hasty were in reality much concerned over the prospect of his meeting with the ugly poacher who had a bone to pick with him he at least did not show it outwardly any longer but then jim was a man of few words as a rule and it was hardly to be expected that so hardy a fellow would tremble just at the mention of a name there was room for them all under the shelter of the tents though as a rule so long as the weather kept on being fairly pleasant the two hardy guys declared that they much preferred to wrap up in their blankets and sleep under the stars such men become used to what would seem hardships to the city-bred person and in truth think very little of enduring them and it was by no means cold enough as yet to drive them into taking shelter under the canvas giraffe had been working away at his fire-making business pretty much all of the evening and bumpus had watched him for a while but growing tired of seeing the other sawing away as if for dear life he had finally laughed and turned away if giraffe came near making things go that evening at least once more the glory of a full success slipped away from his eager hands outstretched to clutch it for when it came time for them to shut up shop as tad said and crawl into the two tents he had not brought about his expected blaze though his face looked more determined than ever bumpus giraffe and allen occupied one tent while the other three scouts were assigned to the second the guides promised to share their shelter only in case of a storm or very severe weather the fire was allowed to die down 
if any strong wind came up in the night it would be the duty of the guides to see that burning brands were not carried into the adjacent woods to set fire to the brown pine needles that covered the ground and were so full of resinous matter that once ignited they would send a wall of flame down the wind that would do incalculable damage soon quiet rested over the camp the frosty night breeze sighed among the branches overhead the owl hooted to its mate deep in the wood and the hour of midnight when tad peeped forth and which he knew to have arrived from the position of certain stars overhead saw the last of the fire vanishing in dead embers tad sought the warmth of his blanket again in a hurry for the air was now nipping cold especially after the snug nest had been temporarily abandoned and he must have gone right to sleep for he did not seem to remember anything after again creeping under the double folds of the warm woolen covering now when one sleeps like most boys do soundly it is impossible to figure how time passes when awakened in a hurry so that tad could not tell what the hour might be when he found himself starting up hurriedly under the conviction that strange as it might seem at that season of the year and with the air frosty there was a storm bearing down upon them for he thought it was thunder he heard then came a tremendous crash and the tent swayed but did not fall though from the wild shouts that arose close at hand the young patrol leader reckoned the same good fortune could not have befallen the other shelter because he could plainly catch the howls of step hen bumpus and giraffe quick as a thought tad whirled over to the exit and crawled out and what his eyes beheld was enough to startle anybody let alone a boy if a genuine cyclone had not struck the camp on the little machias then something almost as bad must have dropped down upon them tad thought as he stared hardly able to believe his eyes or understand what it all meant end of chapter three